Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. 10 seconds to go. The longest wait for a first title any team in this league has had. For the first time in their history, the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. And more celebrations and more screaming. Obviously, the boys were excited. St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Only team ever to come back after being in last place during the regular season to win the Stanley Cup in the same year. And a big part of that was Ryan O'Reilly. He's from the FM 96 listening area. And today is his day with the Stanley Cup. Wouldn't it be great to talk to Ryan O'Reilly, Jim? Ask him about the experience of of winning the biggest prize in hockey. If only. Hold on a second. The phone's ringing here. No. Good morning. It's Taz and Jim. Hey, it's Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Happy Ryan O'Reilly Day. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, going to be exciting. (laughs) Stanley Cup champion. Do you get sick of hearing that, Ryan? Uh, (laughs) Definitely not. Sounds uh, great the way it sounds. (laughs) Uh, You're the pride of basically every small town in the FM 96 listening area. The day after you won, uh, people from Seaforth, Varna, Clinton, Bayfield, Godridge, everyone was calling to claim you as theirs. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a pretty special place. I spent a lot of time in all all those towns. So it's, uh, you know, it is my home. You know, I love uh, love being up here where I grew up and the dream all started. And, you know, it's nice to, to bring the cup back there. Did it feel the way you thought you thought it would feel when you hoisted that cup over your head for the first time, Ryan? Um, it, it's tough to put into words what, what it's like. It just happens, and you know, it kind of minds and shock. And even now, I still I still can't believe it. Like you know, when I look and see pictures and all that, it just kind of brings a smile to my face. That kind of I lived a dream, and it's yeah, it's just like feeling the cup. Uh, you know, as the Giants pump in. That first initial hoist of it, I guess uh, you think it'd be a lot heavier, but um, yeah, it's it was uh, incredible. Yeah, I was in Bayfield a couple weeks ago, and I saw the banners, the congratulations banners at the hardware store and at businesses around town. And you you must get, come home and pull into town and see those and be like, oh, that's right, I won the Stanley Cup. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, beautiful thing about that is when you come home and you, you see how it's so much. More than just me winning. I mean, it's a whole community that wins. How many people from here, you know, that have supported me throughout my career? But you know, for for them to be a, a part of me winning and sharing with them, it's uh, you know, like you don't you don't really see until you get back here of how many people it you know were a part of it and. It's um, yeah, it's such a such a cool thing to see. Well, I know Ryan, you're very passionate about encouraging young people to get involved in sports. We got to give a shout out to the folks from Canadian Tire. They're making a nine thousand and ninety dollar donation minimum in your honor, and you guys are selling T-shirts raising money for the Jumpstart program, getting kids involved in hockey at a young age, right? Yeah, we want uh, you know we want to do something and promote the game. Obviously, the game has been so amazing to myself and my family. And, yeah, we want to get as many people as we can involved in it. And so, MCP, our Jumpstart program is, is just amazing. And their donation, I, I can't thank them enough. Um, 
it's just it's a great thing to be a part of and yeah we just want to keep encouraging kids to play and and to be active and, and be a part of a team and and just enjoy the game of hockey so we're trying to do whatever we can to help out speaking of winning the cup and how great it felt what's it like to party with brett hall <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's honestly great to you Holly. he uh maybe game three i think uh I was just skating like just skating on the ice, and you see Brett Hall just sitting on the glass, right there, just kind of into the game, banging on it when the guys are coming by, and like uh, it just—it's so cool to see how like involved he is with our organization, and and to be around him too, and it just kind of talk and hear stories of him. It's it's so cool, you know, just growing up watching this guy and now. You know, you're there and, and hanging out with them. He looked more excited than you did when, <laughs> when you guys won the cup. He was more excited for, like, the month leading yeah. up to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he partied, like, uh, we won it kind of a month before we actually did. So, uh, <laughs> of, yeah, he's awesome. Obviously, he's a legend. He's around us. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, the St. Louis Blues, you guys weren't doing great until about December. You really turned things around. When did it feel like, when did you feel that you had a shot at winning it all? Uh, it's crazy. Like, you know, right when all like, the deals went down and the signings, um, I got traded to the team. I'm like looking at the roster and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we got a, we got a team that you know will compete and have a chance. And then the season starts, and then, you know, we lay an egg, and it's just like, uh-oh, like, what's going on here? Kind of, why can't we, like, get this thing going? You know, some changes happen. Obviously, Blue Bay comes in, helps us find this kind of more, just one game of the team, sure to play against. And then Bennington comes in and just starts winning games on his own, gives us kind of some confidence. And, like, it's just, you know, it's be hard to play against. The goalie that's making saves and going to give us a chance, and then you start to get confidence and chemistry started to come together from all these all the new faces we had and next season it just sparked and it's crazy you get into the playoffs and it's just again it's one game at a time you win a series and you can one step closer you can do this and that's just was the mentality the whole time so it wasn't like a specific moment that just kind of said oh you know until maybe like two minutes left in Game seven to actually think like we're going to do this. But, uh, <laughs> the, belief, the, the belief was the belief was always there. Like we knew how good we could be. We beat you know so many good teams throughout the year. So it's just matter of fact that like I'm just getting consistent. How's your rib feeling? Were you playing with a cracked rib during the playoffs? Yeah, it was kind of weird. My, my dad was the one that played like depressed. I said, what are you doing? Like, no one needs to know. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad leaked uh, that one. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) I was was like, Dad, like, why? But, uh, you know, it wasn't as bad as, like, people thought. People were like, oh, my gosh, you're going to poop. I I cracked a a weapon against uh, Dallas and then kind of tweaked it again in San Jose. And there was maybe two games where I was really, like, uncomfortable and, and, you know, in a lot of pain playing. But it wasn't it wasn't like it was the whole the whole playoffs. <laughs> you know, people just I think want to make it sound a lot better than it was. But I had maybe two games that were tough. Besides that, I, I felt great and was completely healthy. You're the MVP as well for the playoffs. Congratulations, the Con Smythe yeah. Trophy. Is it going to be involved in the celebration today as well? Yeah, I don't know if I want to give that away, but uh, it's going to be. There's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be with us, which is it's pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously the, the names on that I can't, I still can't wrap my head around that uh, movie name. My name's on there with so many guys I you know idolize and 
look up to. So it's it's pretty special that we get to have it around, and I think uh, you know my family and, and family friends get to see that too. It's gonna even add to the day even more. Well, Ryan O'Reilly Day in Seaforth, Varna, Clinton, Bayfield, Godridge. The whole area there is going to be partying with you today. Uh, Seaforth, 9.30 a.m., you're going to be at the Fire Hall, and then the parade is at 1 p.m. in Godridge, right? That's correct. All right, Ryan O'Reilly, Stanley Cup champion. Enjoy every second of it, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Devin Peacock is here. Dev, uh, we had Ryan O'Reilly, Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues uh, player on the phone with us earlier this morning. And it's Ryan O'Reilly Day. He's got the Stanley Cup he's brought back to Huron County. And we asked Ryan what it was like to have Brett Hall around the team during their Stanley Cup run, cheering him on. Maybe game three, I think. Uh, I was skating, like, just skating on the ice, and you see Brett Hall just sitting on the glass. Right there, just kind of into the game, banging on it when the guys are coming by, and like, uh, it just—it's so cool to see how like involved he is with our organization, and and to be around him too, and just kind of talk and hear stories of him. It's it's so cool, you know, just growing up watching this guy and now. You know, you're there and, and hanging out with him. He looked more excited than you did when, <laughs> when you guys won the cup. He was more excited for like the month leading yeah. up to it. <laughs> I think he partied like uh, one kind of a month before we actually did. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got some audio evidence of that, Jim. Your favorite uh, Brett Hall is he drunk moments from the playoffs? What are we starting with? I think this was the first clip we played to get on the Brett Hall loves to booze <laughs> train here. Uh, this is when he was invited on the ice and uh, basically had a Ric Flair moment for the first time that we saw. <laughs> It sounds like he is about, like a vein in his head is about to burst (laughs) and he's going to drop dead. He's screaming, let's go blues so loud. And this was like a week after that where a couple other blues legends were invited onto the ice and Brett was in fine fine form. Let's go blues! That's not him, but this is. Bernie Federko got called the greatest of all time by by Brett Hall. The greatest what? He didn't specify. (laughs) Bernie was a very good hockey player. Was he the greatest of all time? Show of hands. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest blue? I don't know. Brett Hall, put your hand down. Uh, So this is after they won, and this is their their chant was. Let's go, Blues, and Brett oh, was. Oh, uh, Brett wanted to change it. This is at the parade, so they had the parade, and then everyone in St. Louis was gathered around the stage, and people were getting up and talking. And yeah, Brett stole the show. And listen closely to the crowd reaction too. Let's go, Blues. We're gonna say we went blues. <laughs> What kind of chant is this? He he was saying, all playoffs, they were saying, let's go, Blues. And because they actually won the cup, they didn't have to go anymore. So he tried to change the chant. 
to We Went Blues. Yeah. And the crowd <laughs> was a little confused by that. <laughs> we Went Blues. We <laughs> it's already been brought in? This was the same speech. Too. I can't bring it anymore. I've already brought it. Uh, this is, you know, you've, you've, you've had a, a good night when you're starting to tell your friends and everybody around you you love them. I'm looking out at all the blue and gold, and I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, every time they scored a, a goal, uh, the Blues they play that Gloria. It's still got a special place in Brett Hall's heart as he sings it to the crowd that night. Glory, Gloria, Gloria, Gloria. I think I got your number, Gloria. <laughs> I want to party with Brett Hall so bad. <laughs> Him singing Gloria. It sounds like when your record player is set to the wrong speed. <laughs> like, why is this so slow? Glory, Gloria. Gloria, Gloria. I think I got your number. Gloria. <laughs> oh, there it is. It was on the wrong speed. <laughs> Oh, man. I would be scared if Brett Hall yelled, I think I got your number at me in that oh, voice. Oh, yeah. I think I got your number. You better run. <laughs> if he was threatening or flirting with you, I don't want it either way. I think I got your number, Gloria. We had Gene Simmons on the show yesterday. and We were also joined by our friend 10-year-old girls rock camper Violet. Young Violet loves rock and roll. She loves Kiss. We let her interview Gene Simmons, and the two of them really bonded. Mm-hmm. Here she is thanking Gene while she was wrapping things up. But most of all, Gene Simmons, for all your years of rocking out, you you are a great singer, voice player, amazing songwriter. You breathe fire, good blood spitting, and you wear big, tall dragon boots, and that's something to be proud about. <laughs> oh nice gosh. job, Violet. Have you have you thought have you thought of running for prime minister? Yeah, yeah right? no oh kidding, God. right? Violet, may I say, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> One last thing: once you guys figure out everything, Violet, please ask your mom and dad to come to uh, the event because I want to pull you up on stage. So you can teach some people some really important life lessons and that it's never too early or too late to learn. Would you do that for me? Yeah. Oh, Violet, will you go on stage with Gene Simmons um, from Kiss? Yes. <laughs> Gene, that's now, very the, the generous. General, the gentlemen that are there with you, I, I, I hope your parents are there too. Please talk it over with them and I'm sure they'll figure out, you know, the details. Okay, I look forward to meeting you. Awesome. Pretty cool. November 6th, Gene Simmons is in town. He's uh, doing a lecture over at Budweiser Gardens, talking about his career with Kiss, talking about his keys to success, and he will be joined on stage by special guest, 10-year-old Violet. Now, today is a big day in history. First time Kiss played in London, Ontario was this day back in 1974. Our friend Nick Panasico is on the phone. Good morning, Nick. 
Good morning, guys. You, uh, you had a fantastic show last yesterday morning. Yeah, it was great to talk to Gene. You uh, you knew Gene back in the good old days. You're one of the guys responsible for bringing Kiss to London for the very first time. Yes, it was. It was uh, July the 25th, 1974, which ironically fell on the same Thursday as today. Hmm. And it was a hot day. We, we drew about 1,150 kids. I'm saying kids because the people range in age from 10 to 20. And KISS was an unknown group at that time because they had never hit AM radio, which was, of course, so big in 1974. But they got a lot of exposure with Cream magazine out of Detroit. And obviously kids were reading magazines as opposed to Googling things in those days. Now, were you backstage with KISS? Well, I had, to, I had to pay them as a promoter, so we brought them in, and uh, CJOM Radio out of uh, out of Windsor at that time, FM Radio with Ronnie Lake, the, the major DJ, brought them on stage, and this is when we first introduced them to Rush, with Rush opening for them with their original drummer, John Rutsey. Wow. We later ended up leaving, and Neil Parrott joined. Incredible. I'm just wondering about the groupies. Like, in 1974, were Kiss getting the groupies back then? Well, that was, uh, that was the beginning of it, unfortunately. It was amazing. They stayed at the Holiday Inn on King Street, and the, the young girls were camping outside of their doors. <laughs> and then they were coming out the next morning with uh, black and white makeup all over them. <laughs> You're right? <laughs> well, Nick, thank you for uh, introducing London, Ontario uh, to KISS all those years ago. Pretty cool to... to... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, as you know, we brought them back in December for the first Merry Christmas uh, show that uh, Merry Christmas is a term that I coined. And no. We brought them back December the 22nd. If you recall, uh, we did a show with you last year on that. Yeah, well, we'll call you back in December and we'll talk more Kiss with you, okay? Because you, uh, we loved having you on last time. You got so many great stories, not just about music and and uh, rock and roll back in the day, but just about London, Ontario landmarks. Mm-hmm. I love when Nick drops in, like, uh, you know, the Ox Box or all the old bars and restaurants and stores that were downtown. Uh, but we appreciate you doing your part to make Kiss a big band and... Uh, Maybe you should show up and, and see if you can get a cut from Gene Simmons for coining Merry Kissmas when he's in town yeah, November 6th. I'll look, for that, I'll look for that first check. Yeah, it's in the mail. <laughs> and we have to say congratulations, I guess, to somebody in the FM 96 listening area. I saw the, uh, the post online on Monday that the winning Lotto 649 ticket from Saturday night was sold in London. And when you see that, you get excited thinking maybe it was me or someone I know. But it wasn't unless you know Zbigniew Zarovsky of Ilderton. You're looking at me like I know. Is that how you pronounce it? Zbigniew (laughs) Zarovsky? Of Elderton. The big new Zarowski. The big Nev? See, my wife's Ukrainian, so I think the, the W is a V, bud. Oh, okay. Right? I don't know. Anyways, the guy's got a, a lot of consonants <laughs> <laughs> in his name. 
And he's $9,136,367.30 richer. He won the big jackpot. Now, that's a nice amount. In the 649 on Saturday. And I, even though he won, I, yeah, that's great. But I do kind of feel bad for him because if your name is like Steve Jones, yeah, he'd be like, oh, no, guys, it was uh, another Steve Jones. Don't ask me for money. <laughs> but when your name is uh, Big Nev Zorovsky. And you live in Elderton. Probably not a lot of you kicking around the Elderton area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, it wasn't me. But, you know, it gives you that glimmer of hope. It is possible to win the lotto jackpot if you live in London, Ontario. Yeah. Do you stay in London? Like, do you stay in Ilderton when you win that money? Or do you uh, do you move somewhere quieter? I don't know. Well, think of all the swinging you could do <laughs> with over $9 million. You know what they say about, Il- about Ilderton. Oh, yeah. Everyone's swinging with everyone out get, there. Get your Filderton in Elderton, is what they say. <laughs> Elderton. Whose wife is this? <laughs> That's just on a sign when yeah, you drive in you Elderton. Drive in, yeah. Home of Scott and Tessa. And whose wife is this? <laughs> Swinger capital of southwestern Ontario. From what people say, it could be uh, could be an urban legend. The rich get richer, huh? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Don't forget to buy your tickets for the next draw because as Zbigniew Zorowski has proven, it is possible to live in London, Ontario and win the lottery. Pretty cool. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.